welcome back to another episode of Merendiando. This week we are featuring a conversation with Andres Sierra, an incredible artist born and raised in Toronto. They are a Colombian-Canadian dance pop recording artist and trans activist who has gone on a huge journey. Uh, they describe themselves as a queer pop star from the 22nd century, which is like amazing. Really amazing. In this conversation, we talk with Andres about their journey from finding performance as a child, their first entry into the pop music industry, and how their approach to making it as an independent artist has evolved and transformed up to today. Mm-hmm. It was a really deep delicious conversation and it had to be fueled by delicious food so for that this week we went to tacos al asador have you heard of it have you been there you should go it's amazing and to tell you how amazing it is we had a vegan a vegetarian and a person who loves meat and we all got amazing food. Yeah, we were all very happy with what we got. They are a mix of Mexican and Salvadorian cuisine, which is just absolutely delicious. So you can get pupusas and tamales and tacos and just be happy, at, like all in the same place. It's right by Christian Bloor. Uh, you should definitely check it out. If you want to, we'll accept if you pause this episode for one second, go get yourself a pupusa or a taco and then just dive in. <laughs> it's the only way to listen to this episode. It's true. We have an amazing guest with us today, Andres Sierra. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. At the dinner table. At the dinner table, just had these great tacos and pupusas. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, y'all. Yeah, no problem. From Tacos El Asador, Christian Bloor, great place. Um, Andres, thank you for coming and yes. speaking with us. We're really excited to talk to you for many reasons. One of them is you have a single coming out I at the do. end of March. I do. It's sometime in March. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening very soon. Yeah. Yeah. But let's start from the beginning. Okay, before we get into that. How did you, like, how, when did you say, I want to be, I'm going to call you because I saw this in an interview, a queer Latinx pop star. Yes, from yeah. the 22nd century. Mm. <laughs> so much to dive into there. Yeah. Um, my whole life, I guess, like, I was really reflecting on this <clears throat> a few days ago because somebody had asked me and um, trying to figure out, like, are you born with talent? Like, what mm. is that? Like, wait, like, was how was I predetermined to do this? Because, mm. like... That's a question I ask myself a lot because this is really fucking hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's just like you're constantly questioning yourself and your actions and your life choices. And out of everything that played on television, you know, of me being in front of it in the playpen, watching Madonna's Blonde Ambition (gasps) Tour had me just like frozen (laughs) and just had me fixated between that Tina Turner on tour and Pavarotti. Those are the three things. Yes. The Mama. three, like, uh, you know, Influences. performance videos that my parents had on VHS uh, that they would record themselves, you know, back in the day. And I would watch it and they would just, like, have me in a trance. Mm-hmm. And then um, my dad, who, like, really loved music, I would just start, like, telling him that I was a wrong note, you know? And he was like, <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And then one day he brought me to his vocal lessons, and I loved it so much that he gave up the lessons so that I could take them. And oh after that, 
It was a nonstop. Yeah, nonstop train till right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess that's when I decided, but I don't even think I decided. That was not me. Or I mean, it was me, but like... There was no decision. Something beyond. No, there was no decision. I think yes. it's like falling in love. I, I guess. Yeah, because I, I, if I think like the moment I was like, this is like a real watch, is like watching a show, a theater show, and I was like, I don't know what this is. But I want in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I don't know what this is, but I want in. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So you work now in like pop music, which mm-hmm. is so fascinating, but you've gone through a couple different performance arts on the <clears throat> way here. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Like, how did you arrive at dedicating yourself to pop? Yeah. Um, it was one of those things that like I actually gave up on because I didn't think that I was going to do it because uh by 18 i wasn't justin bieber and that meant that i was a failure so um <laughs> i love how we measure failure in this in this career it has to do a lot with age age oh yeah the ageism yeah. in this career in this industry and yes. so insane like i've been seeing like just recently like a more push for like middle-aged people like achieving things yeah. and like doing things celebrating their victories celebrating their victories that like hit them after like 60 years of living you know what i mean like we need to see that because like our industries are so obsessed with youth and mm. um that if you don't make it in time then you expired really quickly mm. and so that was in my psyche and made me believe that i couldn't do it and I've been doing this my whole life i was in a kids tv show at 10 years old and that was like my first like what like taste of like lights, camera, action. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I didn't grow up here. It was Ricky's Room. Ricky's Room. It was a Canadian Barney. It ran for three seasons. Yeah. We filmed at um, uh, in a studio in New York University. Mm-hmm. We got paid $250 for an episode. So uh-huh. like seven days. <laughs> seven days of work, full out, full days. Yeah. Uh, my mom was pregnant with my sister at the time, and she would like just bring me every single day oh my God. to set. I was living the dream, of course. And then I was with all these kids who were like, you know, like dancers or all these things. And I was like, oh, I want to do that and all that kind of stuff. And um, that, like, a few years later is when I started to like take some dance lessons, which mm-hmm. at the time was just recreational dance that, like, I remember I started taking only because. It was the only day that I had free was a Friday. I was like in just way too many things. I was in vocal pl- uh, vocal classes, theory, piano, swimming, yeah. choir. And then like by the time I, wa- I, ha- I got like bit by the dance bug, it was just like, well, you only have Friday left. So <laughs> what's, what's on Friday? Yeah. Yeah. We got <laughs> junior jazz <laughs> and we have a tap opening. Want to take time? I'm like, fuck Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and yeah, I was just like an overachiever. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be good at everything and I wanted to be as well-rounded. And I mean, it was my defense mechanism. Like, you know, it was the thing that like made my bullies appreciate me, you know, like you can't deny my talent, bitch. You can't <laughs> deny the skill that it takes to do what I do. Mm. And so that was like my... I Armor. love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to bully me, but I'm amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love also, as you've been talking, it's like your parents' dedication to see you succeed. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So you're first gen. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. From where? From Colombia. Mm-hmm. Mi mamá's from Cali, mi papá's de Medellín. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful, like a story of like, if they come here to give you a better future, they will work to give yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the support is wild, especially like the immigrant story usually entails like immigrant parents forcing like the, the rigid mm-hmm. um, go-to career paths, you know. But my parents just very much saw that this made me happy and that I was really good at it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like I, I wonder if what would have happened if I loved something that I wasn't good at. Like, I think about that, too, because like growing up in like in music school, because I went to a separate music school and I was competing my whole life, um, is seeing the whole spectrum of like children and the reasons for them being in my vocal class mm. so there was me who like really loved it and had the amazing support of my parents and my parents never like made me feel bad for like losing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. then you have the kids who were really good as well loved it but their parents were like nazis about you know their competition life and like if they lost like ooh, like you're gonna hear from them and like you know, I know somebody who stopped doing all that because that was just so much for the kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have the like the kid who like is not good at all, cannot hear the note, but like mother is like obsessed with their child being a singer. <laughs> and so then like it's just years and years of just like constantly trying to like make your child do something that like they're just not going to be able to do. The mm-hmm. vocal cords are not there. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, what do you do with that? And I guess that went back to like me thinking, it's okay, so like, was I born with this? But like, vocal cords are muscles, so like, you can learn things to do, you know what I mean? But like, at the same time, like, I just don't know. I yeah. really don't know. Well, clearly you were doing it. I mean, it seems like you were doing it for your own pleasure, like yeah. your own satisfaction and learning, which is super beautiful. And then, so you went to a separate music school outside yeah. of like your day school. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, you went after high school. Which was an arts high school as well. Also themes, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, Etobicoke School of the Arts? No, Cardinal Carter Academy for the Arts. Cardinal Carter Academy for the <laughs> yeah. Arts. I'm so amazed that here in at least Toronto they have that. I was like, when people started telling me, like, I went to an art like, high school, and I'm like, what? Like, what? fame? Those like, <laughs> yeah. Except, oh. yes. Like, yeah. rebelde way? In, like, I don't know. I was like, I saw it in the TV once. It yeah. was, like, incredible. Yeah. Toronto has a lot of, like, resources for arts and young people wanting to do art. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Even though they're, like, they've been trying to convert that high school into a regular high school for so long. It's oh. been a constant fight with the board the Catholic school board, always trying to chop off the resources. Like, it's constantly, like, again, we were saying earlier, like, this constant having to, like, prove of, like, the benefits of, like, the arts to, mm-hmm. you know, the elitists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so then after high school, you went to college. I went to college, Sheridan. Yes, yeah. that's where we met. Yeah. Uh, so we both have a degree in music theater performance from yeah. that. Yeah, and how yeah, was that yeah. experience in your like <clears throat> your trajectory now looking back? Like what how did that help you come to where you are now? Hmm. I think that place had a lot to do with my like inner self-growth and more as an individual and an artist as well. I mean like you're going to benefit from 
high level quality training and mm-hmm. like that i can't deny like the dance training that we had there the vocal training that we had there like you know it just was really intense you know and i did like become a better artist um but it was very i was very quick to realize after i graduated like that i got caught up in the hoopla of like wanting to get signed to an agent and wanting to get a job right out and i was like when it all like kind of came i was like oh my god this is not what i want this is not what i want at all what i wanted to do was my own music i wanted to make pop music and i didn't like how rigid music theater was and still is today mm-hmm. you know um and so being able to like finally pursue that was very scary and i got myself into some crazy crazy things but um i guess no regrets <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself into some crazy things i did and, like what are you what are you referring to <laughs> Uh, I didn't understand the music industry at all and, like, really what it is. Totally. <laughs> I wonder, like, because now you can get degrees in, like, business, music mm-hmm, business mm-hmm. and stuff, which might have been cool to know at that time, but... Yeah, but it's, I mean, like, yeah, it would have been great to know how to run my own business as an artist, as an entrepreneur, um, but I think more than that was really, like, the nature of the beast of the music industry, the yeah. pop music industry, the commercial music industry, and what that is like and like how literally they don't care about you they just care about the money that you can make for them and like you know the world's biggest artists like the handful of those people who dominate the charts those are the ones that are like keeping these labels alive and they keep like all the smaller artists on these labels alive and all these smaller artists don't get any love from their label and they just kind of get shelved you know because like they're not of as importance to them so a lot of artists industries have have been sorry a lot of um artists careers in that world have been uh destroyed through um the magic of <laughs> labels and corporates and mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. because you have to play a game and for the longest time that meant you know playing that white heteronormative cis standard of what i meant to be a male pop star you know quote unquote mm-hmm. totally. and you know i remember like like trying to eat so much so that I can like gain weight and get muscles so that I can have those abs that when I, you know, so the girls, cause the, the, the teenage girls are, that's the demographic we all want. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones who are going to buy your shit and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, were no. you told this? Like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I was fed this. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of like, like reality to it because like the industry has done such a good job of manipulating the masses through music, mm-hmm. you know, and controlling the narrative through music. <clears throat> but um, as thanks to the internet and as we connect more on a global level and as we wake up and realize to like the sham of the lie that we've been, you know, <laughs> conditioned like, no, to believe cast, like. Plot <laughs> was real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, art imitates life, yes. bro. <laughs> like it's insane. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> all those things are like, you know, got me to where I'm at today because like now I'm a stronger individual but being Latinx being trans Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that world and wanting to be set free like I was in a costume 
Mm-hmm. I was and and I was in a classroom twenty four seven because I was told that I had to be on twenty four seven. So even when I was working my my job at David's Tea, I still had to be on. I remember like you know something as simple as like you know a little dangly cross earring that I was wearing way before all y'all hosts started wearing it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about Justin Bieber, Ty Dolla Sign. Like when it became normal for straight men like to they, wear, they saw you know, Brandy Melville or Urban Outfitters right? now, like before that. But <laughs> when I was wearing it in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, I was getting into full fights with my team ah. you know and it was so like insane and like I was developing PTSD of like being caught you know off my game of like oh my god they're gonna catch me when I'm like relaxed and queer you know and so like I would like go to work and I would have like another piece that I put on but like if I knew he was coming I'd I'd take it off you know like if he was and then I would change my demeanor and the way that I operated you know like Mm-hmm. This life yeah. that I was constantly like filtering everything that I did for the fear of being caught, like that is not a way to live your life. Mm-hmm. So like once I became just like so depressed, constantly anxious, I was falling apart. Like it was insane. And it wasn't until like I left all of that and I had to start from the ground up to just like build myself up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's how, <sighs> how does house arrest? Your debut album. That was my debut album. Yeah, yeah. last year got released. Yeah, I think the irony of uh, the the irony was that I didn't name it House Arrest, but I was on House Arrest. Yeah. And um, that whole like part of my life, like that music, like it, we recorded through the five years that like we began, and then it it uh, accumulated to becoming that. And um, there were so many like barriers that mm. I was working with that also as I reflect makes me realize like how quick and good I was from like six years old at like adapting for survival Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and as I like unpack my gender identity at, at 28 years old trying to really dig through like where my dysphoria comes from and like where the real pain comes from it's like trying to go so far back into the into my consciousness to a time where like I was free is really like scary mm. to get there and to like imagine because like I never saw myself I'm I'm reading a book right now called Trans Kids by I think their name is Tay Meadow or T Meadow mm-hmm. and <clears throat> a story in it really like um made me like impacted me where a woman uh Christine uh, she was a teacher in the deep south in the states like 2009 okay and she adopted these two children who were foster kids that would have been passed from family to family to family anyway long story short one of them um, was gender non-conforming and identified as a girl and you know she'd tell her mom she's like I have a girl voice I have girl hands I have a girl mind I do girl things you know and one day she like came home to find um, her daughter in her washroom trying to do something to herself. And it happened because earlier that day, like she was, I mean, kids are so evil, right? And so, <laughs> you know, she sees herself as a, as a girl and this other girl in class like pulled down her pants and was like, no, you're not a girl. You have a penis. Aww. Girls have a black hole. And she at that moment she thought everybody had penises 
Hmm. She thought we all had the same parts. Yeah. And then that day she goes home and she's trying to cut it off. Oh. Woof. And I'm like, fuck. That <laughs> moment for that child. Like, yeah. I just think about it. I'm like, imagine if we had women and men of the whole spectrum mm-hmm. fully represented the entire time. This child would not have felt mm-hmm. the need to mutilate themselves to be able to be the woman that they are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no questions asked. What if we like didn't have clothes to be able to express our gender? Then what? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like when I think about transitioning, you know, every day and I think about like, you know, the things that give my me dysphoria with my body and my gender, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm packing it. Why? 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 And it's like, yo, I don't need to fix him, bro. Society needs to fix him. Like, <laughs> we've been here. We've existed our whole since forever, since the yeah. beginning of time, you know? Yeah. And like even everything I've ever known about trans people has been seen through the cis lens. Yeah. And like all the academ the, the, the academia and the science, like this crazy ass bullshit. Like I just met somebody else, another trans woman, mm-hmm. and um, I got to know her story a little bit. And she was of the last generation of um, people going through transition where like they had to go through a psychiatric uh, evaluation oh, and yeah. doctors had to confirm mm-hmm. that she was in fact trans. Uh-huh. And when she told me that, I was like, you have a whole bunch of old white men, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at this child who is just trying to be. Yeah. And was like, before you get the help that you need, we're just going to like, you know, <laughs> diagnose you, make sure that everything is make fine. Make you question and like, yourself make at, you every question corner. at every corner. Yeah. Under our guise and our, uh, under our standards. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's such a huge journey, Andres. It's so, yeah. it's so <sighs> important. I'm so, I'm so excited for you that that's something that you can talk about with more specificity now yeah. and like that we can talk about it. Yeah. And it seems like from your f- like debuting as a pop musician mm. to now there's been a huge journey with that as well and like mm-hmm. how you want to present and the kind of music you want to yeah. share. Yeah. So like for example in your most recent music video you just dropped, oh my goodness, it's beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's a short film basically <laughs> and you're styled so gorgeously and you look so free. Oh my like God. you just there's something yeah. so natural about you and it's it's very different aesthetically like actually not very different but like i guess gender wise it's different presenting than it's very gender non-conforming it's very like it's just like this is it compared to your first music video that was released yeah yeah. it's just so different Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah how does that feel for you oh it feels amazing like to finally be able to do something that like actually represented who i am Mm mm-hmm you got some factor funding for it? I Is did. It? Cool. So I was blessed with a factor grant for this album, for this project. And it came at a beautiful time because I went on a medical leave for my mental health last March. It's mm-hmm. going to be now a year since I haven't had steady flow of income. Mm-hmm. And when I went on that leave initially, I had nothing going for me. I had no music. I had no nothing. Like that Hearts on Fire music video wasn't even a thought yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as I immerse myself kind of like back into the community, the queer community, mm-hmm. and started kind of dabbling again, like back into the music industry, 
yeah, how was it taking those steps towards making the music video happen? So there is a, um, a company called Canada's Music Incubator, CMI, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw them in through a post on my Instagram by somebody that I followed. And so I went in to look at it and it was like they had this free boot camp out in Barrie. It was like a two day intensive of like learning how to run your business as an artist. It was an artist entrepreneurial boot camp. Amazing. And it was free. And so I signed up and I was like, okay. And I got accepted into doing it. And that was gonna be like my first, like uh, my first kind of comeback into the industry and okay, how am I actually going to do this? And I remember um, wearing my heels, I had my hoop earrings, and my dad was like, are you sure you're gonna wear that? And I was like, yes, I am. I'm like, if I'm doing this, I'm coming in like fully as myself, no ifs, ends, or buts, and if they don't like it, then they don't like it! Then maybe this is not the space for me, but I'm sick and tired of having to like pretend to be something else to get to a place that I think I'm gonna get to, Mm -hmm. no. And that place was so amazing. I learned so much. It was very validating for me. And it was so refreshing to hear these people who were in the industry talking about the importance of authenticity. And I was like, my God, this is such a whole different like experience to what the world that I was like, you know, put into before. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like gave me the first kind of like courage to like do some stuff. And then I applied for the grant. And um, I was blessed with it. And mm. it was like, oh my God, I can actually make this happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then before you do it, like, I had the song. The song, I made a little demo on my computer. I found a producer from Sweden. I sent it to him. And he was like, yeah, I can make this work. And then he sent it back. It sounded like that. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I, like, dreamt up the concept of the music video. I was inspired by um, Janet Jackson's Rock With You, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a one-take video. I think it's like cheated to make it look like a one-take video, but that's the vibe that I wanted. And when I um, asked to uh, uh, Leon Blackwood, who choreographed and directed it, um, I said, that is my inspo, but I want it to be like open and bright instead of like underground and mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I know a place. And so he sent me the link to Objects, which is like this creative studio that's not far from here. It's at Keelan St. Clair, mm-hmm. right at the stockyards. And it was a perfect space. And I, it had these big, big windows. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm on a one take and there's gonna be like a sunset and blah, blah, blah. And working with like the team, there were so many like obstacles to even make it happen. They were like, no, we shouldn't do it as a one take. It's gonna be too hard and it's gonna be more expensive and the lighting be difficult. And we're gonna be working with natural light. So it's like, mm. if you want that sunset, mm-hmm. like we have, you know, like it was just so insane. The, you yes. know, the, um, but we planned it out and after six, after five takes, we're like, we were like, we're done, we have our take. And then we're like, why don't we just do one more? Just for fun. <laughs> and that ended up being the one. The one.
I have so many follow-up questions for that. <laughs> Number one, something yes. you always do is you bring like a troop of clean, slick dancers <laughs> with you. I like know. it's a production. <laughs> and what what is that for you? Like now hearing you say that Madonna and Tina Turner are inspirations for you, like definitely the big group numbers with like really quite Oh my God, yeah. And, and like Britney music. Spears being like my biggest influence to like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, that was the standard. That's what I expected you had to do as a mm-hmm. pop star. Yeah, like, it was hello. once. And now it, it feels was. like it's... And then fizzled out as like pop stars became lazy. No tea, no shade, you know? Like <laughs> it just became like, I'm going to stand here and I'm a, in some extravagant outfit, you know, and going to have all the dancers do all the work for me and all the visuals do all the work for me. Yeah. You know, and that's just not how it is. Uh And that's not how I want to be either. Mm -hmm. So, like, I take pride in the fact that, like, I can sing and dance. I think going to music theater school was such a good thing for that. You know what I mean? Because it really, like, um, made me work on that and was like, yeah, it's doable. Yeah. And it's a craft in itself. Like, it's, like, a different genre of pop now because it's not the mainstream anymore. So, super beautiful. Um. And it's also the whole aesthetic because now, like for me, when I see your work, I have this idea of like, this is Andrea Sierra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true. such a like, this is Singular, it. like. Wicked. Um, yeah. Wicked. That's great. Mm-hmm. But as I feel like now that I, I talk to you so much, I was like, you have that standard. It's like, there's nothing below. No. And if, if it's go there, then we don't present No. It, which I like love. No. And it feels yeah. so Latinx too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> we're gonna hustle to make this excellent actually yes. <laughs> thanks yeah. yeah I mean it kind of happens when you're not given when you don't have the same resources or mm-hmm. platform as some of the other people you know mm-hmm. would have and like you know, end up I guess like you know being these different things forces you to work so hard mm-hmm. you know because you're just not privileged enough to not work hard mm-hmm. that's really what it is mm-hmm. yeah. and you are also like the boss of your own production company, yes, essentially, too. Yes, Entertainment. Yeah, uh, so what is the idea behind this company for yes, you? Yes, this company is really uh, to create works uh, with artistic integrity at its forefront and to spread, like, love and truth through our stories and our art, you know? Like, the dream is to be a company that can just fund projects that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And just like, oh, I love this artist and their work. What do you need? And that's it. I don't want to involve myself in anything else because, like, if you allow people to work and just be free and express, like, that's when you get the greatest, greatest things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to create, like, things that are too have an ulterior motive or a hidden agenda which right now it's just for money and corporative Mm -hmm. reasons Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i want to change that because like we need to take back art from that commercialized um corporate world because they just use it as a tool to just like sell whatever they want or yeah you know which is fine because like we need to sell shit we need to consume things but how do we do it in a way where we're not like taking advantage of people like the way that i saw justin bieber beg his fans to like stream yummy buy yummy all these things and it was just like 
Yo, like you're preying on these like fans who really love you and you're asking a lot from them to pull mm-hmm. all these stops for what? So that you're asking to go number one? And then what? If you had to do all that just to get to number one, you're going to feel good about that yeah. number one? Mm-hmm. And you're just going online being like, oh, just like working so hard on my end just because like I really just want that number one. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, poor you. Poor <laughs> you. Like, bitch! <laughs> I hate that shit. Totally. I love that you use the words love and truth. Because yeah. it's like, you know, some people could see it as like super naive. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that even mean? But it feels really refreshing to hear that right now mm. to me. Because I'm like, the world's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, depressed know. and sad. Oh, you saw me. You're like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm just tired. Yes. <laughs> just tired. Real like, though. There's just things that bog down on your life on a day-to-day basis. And like, how do we change this into the future? Elevating those ideas with your production company is like yeah. so beautiful. That's yes. so cool. And you had your first event last month. I did. Yeah, it was called New Market. Uh-huh. New Market. Yeah. What was and, that like? And um, it was this like pop up experience that blended like uh, curatorial practices used in contemporary art and performance art. So I collaborated with other up and coming Toronto artists of different mediums. And um, Plastique Famille, which is this like artistic uh, entity that I've been working with, who are Mexican as well, mm-hmm. which is great. It's cool. so cool because like the team that I work with just like ended up becoming Latinx. Like it just, I just, it just happened, you yeah. know. And it feels so cool to like be in meetings and just like throw out Spanglish and just or just throw out Sp- like the Spanish so easily and mm-hmm. just like yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They're amazing. They've been responsible for like all my visuals since I dropped Hearts on Fire mm-hmm. and my aesthetic. And um, they curated objects, which is the space that I filmed the music video. Yeah. I was doing lots of stuff there. Mm-hmm. And um, we like kind of uh, curated an experience for the patron um, where the artist got to um, sell and showcase their work, but it was put in, in a contemporary art way. So you're looking at as art mm-hmm. and then with a headlining musical act which was myself and so i did a little set with dancers uh, singers yeah yeah cool like mixed media yes mixed media very beautiful we all need each other you know so it's like to have that cross-pollination of artists and industries within the creative field um was really awesome because i got to like grow my audience a bunch of people that i've never met before you mm-hmm. know because they all like all the artists brought their own peeps and crew and stuff like that so yeah photographers met designers met jewelers you know like yeah. met singers there's a few things i want to do actually that are in the pipeline and dream yeah yeah one is that i want to create a really queer event in scarborough in the oh, east end yes that's where celebrate I'm at. not the core yes exactly <laughs> yeah. that's where i'm at and um i know that i didn't grew up with a new representation in that area um, and I think that would be really, really cool. Mm. Um, cause like, it's about like, like not being confined to queer areas. Mm-hmm. Like that's bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we just, we are in every space, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, that's something that we want to do. And I also want to create a, um, queer Latinx party, um, mm. where it focuses on like our cultural music. Um, to be able to enjoy that without like the heteronormativity and machismo of our yeah. <laughs> culture that yes. exists in like those 
spaces. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Monica and I are interested in like how people innovate and keep the fire alive of cultures as we are changing them, as we yeah. are forming them. Mm-hmm. It totally seems like that's something yeah. you naturally do. Yeah. Also, we need a Latinx party. Because I remember do. I used to go to church on church. Every Saturday was like a Latinx night. And then that closed and it was like, okay. I used to go to Eco Mendo Rico every year for my birthday. And now it is just like bachelorette single women and single men going out there to prawn on women yeah (laughs) like what it was just like so bad it's just like queerness as a a commodity that's the thing is like we have like two spaces and then other people take them and uh, people who run them they think oh i need the money so i'm not even gonna help you carve that space back that i was like where do we go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just, I sometimes just, just look for the DJs of the night. Like, I know DJ Sophia Fly will always play some Latinx music. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I can't follow you everywhere. Yeah, Except I just I really want to play, <laughs> play me some salsa, some cumbia, some merengue, yes. bachata, like all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't exist right now. So that's what I want to create amazing just bring the right people together because i like toronto has so many good ingredients but we need visionary people who can see how to combine them it's just now a matter of making happen all these things cost so much money bro (laughs) like and i'm like how am i even planning these things but again i still don't have a job (laughs) and like i'm only limited to the grant related stuff that i have to do with my album so yeah um i don't know i don't know i make things happen somehow yeah it's just like collaging your life figuring mm-hmm. out how it's gonna work uh you andres like you all the different intersections that you do in an industry that's so capitalized yeah, yeah it's i really realize that i'm like wow like i'm fighting against a huge beast and i'm really creating my own industry from the ground up mm-hmm. so it's like kind of wild to like actually put that into perspective because like for so long i wanted so much a piece of that right and I guess I still do because, like, you just understand that money makes the world go round. And yeah. money mm-hmm. in my life would just make my life so much better. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's just, like, it's not. And it's weird that I, saying that, I feel ashamed of saying that. But, like, there's no shame in, like, understanding that. No. That's just a fact, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, we are taught to, like. Ugh, not talk about money. Not talk about money. Yeah. And not actually critically examine, like the things that we engage with to get it yeah and how to even get it right and how to save it like just talk it like i know with my family being i'm also first generation and like i think that they just wanted me to be happy and it's like i would love to have sat down and be like how do you afford to be here from not being here mm. like how do you save money how do you do all this how stuff? do you afford happiness yeah <laughs> like how do you like how do you prioritize when you're you're working from zero we know, we know, like, through statistics, how much money an individual needs in the city yeah. to be able to, like, live comfortably. Mm-hmm. And that's looking at $90,000 a year, which a lot of people don't make. Like, mm-hmm. I have, like, in my riding, in my area, the Don Valley East, like, there are thousands of people who make less than, like, $1,000 a year, bro. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's wild to see, like, that's in my area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Whoa. and in the same area, you have people making more than half a million a year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so like that to me is unacceptable. And it's just our government's letting us down. Yesterday, we were talking uh, about how we have at least like as artists, you have at least four jobs on the go. 
yeah all of the time it's like i have my day job and then i have my artistic job and then i have another job if the other jobs fail and then i also apply into grants just in case something fails but i also save some money because you never know and we're like wow yeah like you can do a show and then run like change clothes and clean that space like i've done that yeah (laughs) it's It's amazing what we do yeah (laughs) as long as we can stay find some like laughter and joy while we do it and not get too bogged down yeah. with the like intensity it's it can be really beautiful it can be really fun <laughs> the world needs us when i met you we were doing this show that it has a lot of uh ballroom in it are you part of a house i here? am part of a house i'm imp- i want i yeah. the house of siriano okay. yes how is the ballroom scene in toronto oh it's amazing uh, it's so amazing i mean like it's been around for a while mm-hmm. and i knew people who were in it um, but uh, didn't get myself into it until like last year, really. It'll be now a year since I joined the house. The house, honestly, like being part of that, being part of the queer community, it saved my life, you know? Like in a time where I was so low, like I, I joined the house after I went on my leave, you know? And I was like scouted at this like, um, it was this like event where it was um, an event for a QT BIPOC, uh, people and mental health and oh. they were like it was like to see like what are the gaps in mental health for queer trans people of color mm-hmm. that's amazing mm-hmm. and um and so they did like a little runway moment there and just opened it up and then my friends was like, <laughs> was like right so i walked <laughs> runway and they're like what so what? <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's cute. yeah 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 Cool. What's even crazier too is that the fact that like I had dreamt of a, uh, and even created a music video that followed the premise of me as a main character, like you know being kicked out of a home for being queer and then being founded by a house, uh-huh. you know, and it never happened because it still had ties with my past music and the homophobia and transphobia that existed there didn't exist for that video to come to life. Right, <laughs> so you had to let it go. So I just had to let it go. Um, but didn't know it was going to be my life six months later. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us about your newest single. Yes. Yes. Resilience. Mm. It's called Resilience. And unlike uh, everything that I've released, usually that is like up-tempo house music, this is just like stripped back me and an electric mm. piano mm. and just singing a song that I wrote in my like darkest times and it's something that I like constantly like comes up in my brain when I'm just feeling really low and I'm like Andres come on like you're so resilient bro like you know yeah. like everything you've gone through to be here at this moment at this time at this place it's like you're doing exactly what you need to be doing to trust your body because your body has the instincts that know and guide you to where you gotta mm. go and trust yourself mm. resilience and patience is key mm. can't wait to hear it thank you so much for coming in in pupusas and tacos with us yes it's been a it sincere so pleasure good. thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pledge amazing watch out for andres sierra Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater with the support from the Metcalf Foundation, the Late Law Foundation, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. Aluna Theater is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Schwellness with Sue Ballant and Gia Namens. 
Radio Aluna Theater is produced by Camila Diaz Varela and Monica Garrido. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca, follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. This podcast is recorded in Toronto, or Dogarondo, the territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the Wendat Nation, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and nations recorded and unrecorded. We are deeply thankful to these nations for stewarding the land so that we might live in peace and respect for each other. As it is outlined in the Dish with One Spoon Wampup, that all people who live here, settlers, indigenous folks, and others, must adhere to. One way to support indigenous stewardship and reclamation of their lives, cultures, and land is to support indigenous liberation movements in whatever capacity you can. Right now, there is urgency around the situation with the Wet'suwet'en Nation in so-called BC. Please support their work to remove the RCMP from their lands. You can make a financial contribution to their camp and legal defense funds. Links are in the show notes. Miigwech and Nyawangoa.